The Midwest Crime Files is an unscripted true crimes podcast. In it, we discuss heinous crimes and how they are committed. Viewer discretion is advised. I'm your host, Gina. And I'm Chris. We're here to tell you the stories of the small towns and the heinous crimes that changed them forever. And this week's story, we're going to Bolingbrook, Illinois, up by Chicago. And this is a pretty infamous case. That means nothing to Chris. Not a thing. <laughs> On October 28, 2007, Cassandra Kales was trying to reach her 23-year-old sister, Stacy Peterson. The two had made plans that day, but Stacy was not answering her phone, and this was very unusual. Yeah. She went to Stacy's home, and she found that both Stacy and her husband Drew's cars were not at the residence. Stacy's stepson told Cassandra that his father and Stacy had a fight, and Stacy left. The little boy said that Drew was out looking for Stacy. Cassandra contacted Drew, and when she called him, she said he was very out of breath, and he told Cassandra that Stacy had ran off with another man. By the next morning, though, Cassandra had gone to the police. This is the story of the officers' wives, Kathleen Savio and Stacy Peterson. Stacy Peterson was born Stacy Ann Kales on January 20th, 1984, to Christy and Anthony Kales of Downers Grove. She had an older brother named Yelton and an older sister named Jessica. Jessica actually died in a house fire before Stacy was born. Doesn't that just... Yeah, that sucks. That's like every parent's worst nightmare. Oh yeah, losing a kid, especially traumatically like that. And after Stacy was born, the family welcomed another daughter, Cassandra, and then a second little sister Lacey and then Lacey passed away as a result of sudden infant death syndrome this poor mother yeah this family damn Christy Kales also had another daughter named Christy Toches I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right yeah T-O-U-T-G-E-S and she was born before Christy married Anthony Kales While the Kales children were still very young, depression and alcoholism took over Christy Kales' life. I mean, after she lost two children in horrible ways so early, I mean, I think it would be hard for anyone not to have issues. Right. And so she went down this path of depression and alcoholism and... It really was just hard for all of the Kales children. According to Joseph Hosey's book, Fatal Vows, Anthony and Christy Kales both abused alcohol and frequently neglected their children. Christy had several arrests in the late 1980s and 1990s for DUI, shoplifting, child neglect, and domestic violence. In 1990, Anthony filed for divorce from Christy. When Christy failed to show up to court, Anthony was given full custody of his children and Christy's older daughter, also named Christy, but she went by Tina, um, was put into foster care. So was she living with the family at the time? Yeah. 
So why didn't that sucks? Yeah, that I don't want to. I don't want to make any speculations, right. but it seems like Anthony Kales maybe wasn't interested in raising right. her, or maybe I don't. I don't know. Christy would disappear on and off throughout her children's lives. She, you know, she really was not consistent. She'd show up and she'd disappear. Right. And she was just very... What is the word for that? I don't know. She just was kind of a in and out kind of parent. Right. You know? She went missing in 1998. And she has not been heard from or seen since. To this day, Christy Kales is still considered a missing person. The instability in the family really contributed to a lot of dysfunction. And Yelton was sent to prison in 2005 for aggravated sex abuse of a minor. Tina, after being released from foster care at age 18, married. And then she passed away in 2006 at the age of 30 from cancer. Stacy Kale's life took another turn when she was just 16 years old and she met a Bolingbrook police officer named Drew Peterson. I didn't realize that there was that big of an age difference. Oh, yeah. Drew Peterson was born January 5th, 1954. They are literally 30 years apart. Damn. He graduated from Willowbrook High School in Villa Park, Illinois. After high school, he joined the United States Army, and he was eventually moved to Virginia and began working as a military police officer. He married his high school sweetheart, Carol Brown, in 1974, and he moved back to Chicago, and that's when he took a job with the Bolingbrook Police Department in 1977. He was part of the Narcotics Unit, and he even won the prestigious Police Officer of the Year in 1979. Carol and Drew had two sons during their marriage, Stephen and Eric. However, Drew had a little problem. Drew liked to cheat. Right. And this pattern of infidelity infidelity eventually led to a divorce in 1980. After his divorce from Carol, Drew married Victoria Conley, known as Vicky, in 1982. The two opened a bar together, and Carol's daughter lived with the couple. True to form, though, Drew was repeatedly unfaithful to Vicky, and ultimately they divorced as well in 1992. At the time that they divorced, Drew was having an affair with a younger woman named Kathleen Savio. Years after the divorce, Vicky and her daughter alleged that Drew had been violent and controlling throughout the marriage. Drew married Kathleen Savio in 1992, just a few months after his divorce from Vicky. Kathleen was born June 13, 1963. Drew and Kathleen welcomed two sons, Thomas, born in 1993, and Christopher, born in 1994. By 2001, Drew was once again, though, being unfaithful. In fact, he was sneaking his 16-year-old girlfriend... Stacy Kales into the basement for sex. Motherfucker. So you're just a dirty he's fucker. He's 46 years old. Like, let's put all this cheating stuff aside. That's rape. Well, yeah. She was 16 years old. He is a predator. I'm surprised that they didn't do anything. Right? 
Like, I'm, I'm surprised that his job didn't go after him or something. Right? You know, not unless they didn't and it know. Was, the... Oh, it was very well known. It was well known, as, apparently, to everyone but Kathy Savio, that he was having an affair with this, like, 16-year-old girl. Now, he claims, of course, like, nothing physical happened until she was of age. Right. But Stacy told others that that wasn't true, that they had been sleeping together since she was 16. Jesus Christ. Like... Of all the horrible things that Drew Peterson is, nobody talks about the fact that he was a predator. Right. And he very much was. When Kathleen learned about this affair in 2002, she kicked Drew out of the house and she filed for divorce. Drew purchases a house literally down the street from Kathleen. Like the same subdivision, same street. And he moved Stacy in with him. Between 2002 and 2004, there were several domestic disturbance calls that were made on that street that both Kathleen and Drew and Stacy lived on. Kathleen and Drew accused each other of physical abuse, failure to exchange their sons at agreed upon times, and just, like, this is like the worst divorce you can imagine. Right. Times a thousand because it's a pedophile. And their neighbors. And they're fighting over everything. They're fighting over money. They're fighting over their sons. They're fighting over... I, there was something about, like, Stacy would rollerblade past Kathleen's house in her bikini. And they felt like she was doing that to rub it into Kathleen's face that Drew was with this younger woman. And, oh, you know... What the fuck? Yeah. Tumultuous, to say the least. Right. And in 2003, Kathleen and Drew agreed to what's called a bifurcated divorce. You know what that means? Right. So... I I mean, yes, I do know what it means. This meant they were legally divorced. However, they still had to settle their assets in court. So it made them legally single, but they still had to go back to court to settle up all the financial stuff. Right. And Drew fought for this so that he could marry Stacy, who was now 19 and pregnant. Like, damn, dude, like... (laughs) Just not wasting any fucking time at all. No. Like, I'm just going to go from one girl to another, more one woman to another, and then I'm going to go to a girl. Yeah. And not even just a girl, but a 16-year-old girl. Well, now she's 19. Oh, you fuck. I know. <laughs> Drew she wasn't and... 19 when they started dating. No. Drew and Stacy married October 18th, 2003, just about 10 days after his divorce from Kathleen. <laughs> They welcomed son Anthony in 2003, and the legal battles and domestic battles between Drew and Kathleen, though, were still going strong. They accused each other of violence and harassment. At one point, Kathy apparently had, like, hit or tried to hit Stacy, and she actually had domestic violence charges against her. Um, she would call Stacy names on the street, or if Stacy came with Drew to pick up the boys. I mean, it was just the worst like, possible situation you can imagine. And it's shitty because I'm sure Stacy didn't think nothing of the stuff that she was doing. You know? It's just that you're embroiled in a heated fucking divorce. Right. Between, like, and I hate to say it, but it's between adults. Yeah. Like, this is a divorce between adults. You well, know? even at 19, I can't for the life of me comprehend being in a situation like that. Well, no. Not at all. 
Like, at 19, I was more worried about trying to find somebody to buy me alcohol. <laughs> you know, not worried about, oh, is my husband, ex-wife, you know, what's gonna, what's the story behind that, you know? Like, yeah. fuck that, I no. mean, I did get married at 19, but nothing nearly as complicated as this situation. Right. <laughs> so the financial part was still pending in 2004 as Kathleen was wanting the house that she now lived in with her sons and once shared with Drew. And she also wanted half of Drew's pension and all of his assets. And these were some pretty sizable assets. Oh, yeah. The dude's like 60 at this point. Like, he's close to retirement age. I hope my freaking retirement fund and my pension fund is nice and sizable at that age. Like, Well, and I think he owned... Like some properties too, and he, I think somewhere I read he owned a plane, and like he had money. money. Like, we're not talking small potato divorce here, we're talking about a significant amount of right. money. I believe whenever he did finally retire, his pension was like, I think, more than my paycheck is now Jesus. as a police officer, which is kind of crazy. On March 1st, 2004. Drew went to Kathleen's house after she failed to answer his phone calls. He had their sons and he was due to return them to their mother, but he couldn't reach her. And so when he went to the house, he knocked and he knocked and nobody came and the neighbors came out and he said, can one of you guys go in there and check on her? Because I guarantee you, if I go into her house, she's going to flip her shit. Right. So he's like, I'm not going in there. She doesn't want me in there. And so he sent the neighbors in, and then he heard a blood-curdling scream. At that point, he enters the house. He goes upstairs to the bathroom, and they find Kathleen Savio dead. The investigation into Kathleen's death was short and not at all thorough. Uh, The crime scene investigator believed the woman had accidentally drowned in the bathtub, despite the bathtub being dry. So, what the theory was is that the water slowly drained out as she laid in there. I wonder how long he had his kids. Overnight. Okay, so I doubt a bathroom is going to, like, it's not going to drain overnight that quickly. Is it? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. That seems very, like, because even even if the bathroom, like, it had drained all the water, like, there's still, like, pockets underneath her that would still be wet because not, like, like... I'm sorry. Right. Even the skinniest person has fat pockets that when you plop it down on a damn bathtub, it's going to keep like a little dam of water, you know? Right. So there was like a laceration or, or a mark or something to the back of her head. And basically the theory was that she must have fallen, hit in her head and drowned in the bathtub. Drew and Stacy were questioned, and Stacy told authorities that Drew had been at home with her and the kids the night before. Officers at the scene knew Drew, and they didn't suspect him of anything because he was one of them. Right. A good old boy. The coroner's inquest jury was formed, and the facts around the death were reviewed, and it was ruled an accidental death. Kathleen's family was utterly convinced Drew had murdered her. Even more shocking, a handwritten will was presented that granted Drew full control over Kathleen's estate. Handwritten. 
And that seems I'm sorry, it, did, shit. it didn't grant Drew. It granted Drew's uncle full control. because well, he didn't want to. My apologies. He didn't want to put all that on him. So this handwritten will was held up by the judge in court, and so Drew's uncle like, like received a, full um, control over all the assets. Yes, and then of course the divorce proceedings were and scheduled they, for the following week, and they were ended. So Drew had all of their most of their marital assets. And so, on our blog post, there's a picture of Drew and Stacy with the boys that she, um, that Stacy later adopted that were Kathleen Savio's, and then their son, Anthony, and then their daughter that like, they had. Like, she just looks like the older sister of the boys. <laughs> In this, it looks like a single dad with his five kids. A little bit, yeah. Stacy and Drew welcomed another child, a daughter, in 2005, and they named that baby girl Lacey after Stacy's late sister. So one thing that really bothers me, and this is so stupid, but it does. So her name is now Lacey Peterson, and this was after Lacey Peterson in California was murdered. I would not have picked that name. No. Just saying. Following the birth of their second child, Stacy underwent a tummy tuck, a breast augmentation, and orthodontic care that included braces. According to the people that knew her, she did these things at her husband's insistence. However, Drew claimed that Stacy wanted these procedures and that he was guilty of spoiling his wife. Mm-hmm. Well. And nobody, I mean, I, I don't know the answer to that. Nobody really knows. Right. Um, you know, she had kids and she was pretty young yet. I mean, I can see a woman wanting to like... Yeah. You know. Get everything back in order. And especially if she had problems with her teeth. Right. You know, I would want those fixed. In 2006, Stacy's sister, Tina, passed away from cancer, like I said earlier. Stacy took this hard. She was devastated. She was somebody that really leaned on her family. And, you know, even though she had a very dysfunctional upbringing, like, her siblings were everything. Right. And so this just devastated her. And at that point, her marriage with Drew really began to suffer. Everyone who knew her described Stacy as a dedicated mother who lived for her children, the, both the two biological children and the two she adopted when Kathleen died. In the months before she disappeared, friends claimed she expressed discontent in her marriage. And she even told her friend, who was also her neighbor, and her sister that she really wanted to get a divorce. She said Drew had become possessive, controlling, and abusive. Well, I mean, let's see his other, what, three marriages? Two marriages at that point? I'm sure that they all would say the same fucking thing. When Stacy went to have lunch with a male friend, Drew showed up and interrogated the man wearing his police uniform. Of course he did. He used his authority to control his wife. He used the tools that he had as a police officer to control his wife. Stacy was so unhappy that she actually had began texting flirty messages to another guy that she had known since high school and kind of got reacquainted with. Mm-hmm. And she was really hinting to this guy that she wanted more than, you know, more than a friendship. But according to him, nothing ever happened. And Drew had threatened him on several occasions. 
Her friends and her family, they said she never would have left her children with Drew. Right. Ever. On October 29th, 2007, Stacy Peterson was reported missing by her sister Cassandra. Drew claimed Stacy had run off with another man and he found her car at a local airport. He said he returned the car to his house and was upset about her leaving, but he did not believe that she was in any danger. So he did not join any search parties. Of course he didn't. Because he said, why would I look for somebody that I don't believe is missing? Right. Or, never mind. <laughs> he referenced her mother's disappearance and suggested that Stacy was simply following in her mom's footsteps. <laughs> he was very nonchalant, and this really pissed off a lot of people. It angered her family and her friends, and they were just convinced that he was responsible for Stacy's disappearance. Well, yeah, I mean, if you look at the man's his, prior history. Police conducted a massive search and found no sign at all of Stacy. They traced the last phone ping, and it was in an area very close to the house of the man Stacy had been texting. The man admitted that, yeah, I was exchanging text messages with her, but we did not have any kind of physical relationship, and he had an alibi for the time in which Stacy disappeared. Right. When the media learned that Drew Peterson's third wife, Kathleen Savio, had died just a few years earlier under kind of suspicious circumstances, this story exploded. It went national, and then it went global. But not to my ears. And Chris still doesn't know about it. I mean, it was everywhere. You could not turn on your TV and not see Stacy Peterson's picture or Drew Peterson with the media following him around. Right. Everybody wanted to know where Stacy was. Drew had become the prime suspect pretty quickly. Even the police kind of thought there was something going on. One reason was because he was just so nonchalant. He would laugh and joke and, you know, be kind of arrogant and stupid with, uh, the, inve- with the media and in- with the investigators. He told the Today Show, quote, I'm not trying to be funny here. But Stacy would ask me for a divorce on a regular basis, and it was based on her menstrual cycle, end quote. What a dick. Yeah. Like, this is just a dude that just doesn't give, like, he doesn't give two shits or fucks anymore. No. So, basically, you know, her period made her disappear, is what his new theory right. is. He spoke often to the press, frequently demonstrating his arrogance and narcissistic personality. And when I tell you this man is a narcissist, it, uh, he is the most unlikable human being I think I have ever seen. Yeah, from, I just kind of read ahead and yeah, this is going to make me pissed off. I mean, just completely unlikable person. Doesn't necessarily mean he's guilty of anything, but he's very unlikable. In January of 2008, he was speaking regularly on a local radio show, and they decided to have a contest called Win a Date with Drew. How long is this after since Stacy's been... Three months. Motherfucker. Your wife has been missing for three months, and you're trying to play Win a Date with Drew on the radio. Well, he needs that new hot piece of ass. 
I guess. And his whole thing was, as much as there was so much backlash, they even actually canceled it because the radio station was like, I, we can't take this. Well, why the fuck would you do it to begin with? I don't know. It was like the shit show. You know, everybody, it's like Jerry Springer. Everybody tunes in just to hear the ridiculousness. I know, but that's a little much, guys. Right? Like, So... But the thing is, is he, he just keeps going back to, like, everybody's like, why don't you seem like you care that she's missing? And he's like, it's not that I don't care. It's that she's not missing. She ran off with another guy. Why would I, why would I be well, and I whining how, and bitching and moaning about it? And I love how the fact that he left with another guy, but the guy stayed there. Right. Like, it's not like it's that guy that her last text, her last flirty text messages were to. So what other guy is it there, Drew? Yeah. Like, you, did, you didn't think that far ahead. Right. So, Drew resigns from the police department November 12, 2007, just a few weeks after Stacy disappears. After 27 years of service, he began to collect his large pension, and he was raising his four young children. And he had two adult children as well. Right. But he was raising these four little ones, and his... Children with Stacy were little, little. Like, they were both under five, little. Right. The media circus around Stacy's disappearance was just ridiculous. Right. Like, ridiculous. Like, Geraldo Rivera was parked in the neighbor's parking lot for, like, a month. Like... I don't remember any of this. I, it was... Oh, it was so crazy. It was on the Today Show, ABC, was Good he Morning on, America. I guess it had to have been when he was with CNN or whatever, right? I don't know, Arkansas. but I know, like, there was not a, a news station. You couldn't turn on anything without seeing this man's face. Obviously you could, because I didn't see any of it. I think you lived under a rock for a while. I guess. Um, so, among all of this, people start asking questions about Kathleen Savio's death. State's attorney James Glasgow reopened the case and or and had an order for an exhumation and second autopsy on Kathleen Savio. So I need you to remember James Glasgow because he's going to be very important not only to this story but in a story we're going to cover in two weeks. Okay. And they're kind of interconnected, so you guys make sure you tune in in two weeks to hear the other story. Okay. Um. So, the second autopsy is done, and it found blunt force trauma injuries to Kathleen's body, and it was determined her cause of death was homicide. <sighs> so, apparently, there were bruising on her that were could only have been made by somebody holding her down. Oh, shit. And so, the theory now is that somebody held her down into the toilet and drowned her and then put her body into the bathtub. <sighs> The original crime scene investigator was pretty much shunned from the Bolingbrook Police Department after that because he fuckled this so badly. Well, and it's one of those ones where, like you said, it's, and I'm not saying this for all cops, but it's a good old boy situation. And cops don't want to arrest or don't want to think that their own brethren can do stuff. Right. You know? But the shitty thing is that sometimes it can. And sometimes it's not what... And sometimes it's not what you think it is. And his whole thing was, well, the medical examiner came to the same conclusion I did. Well, apparently this was all like a tunnel vision bias thing where like 
He told the medical examiner what he thought happened, and the medical examiner didn't even open her skull. He's just like, yeah, or he saw what he wanted to see. They saw what they want to saw. Right, basically. Saw what they wanted to see. And I know English That crime scene investigator is going to come up in our story in two weeks, too. The same one? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. It's going to be very important to remember that. In May of 2008... Drew turned himself in on a weapons charge unrelated to the disappearance um, or Kathleen Savio's homicide. He was released on bail and eventually the gun charges were dropped. So I'm assuming in the process of a search warrant they found a vehicle or a, a gun, gun that they didn't think was registered or something. And Right. I don't know. It didn't stick. Whatever it was. Right. He remains in this media spotlight continues to demonstrate just like a lack of concern for either one of his wives and again says why would i look for someone i don't believe is missing now other than the fact that he's a complete piece of shit do you think he's guilty okay so let's look at like we're gonna go into chris's brain right now and no i don't think he's like at this point in time there's not enough evidence to prove Right. We know that she was murdered, yes. We know that Drew would benefit from this murder greatly. Yeah. There's one there's nothing that point that puts her murder onto Drew though. You know, so, and that's that's I I Yeah, just hang in there with me. By December of 2008, Drew announced his engagement to a 23-year-old woman. Of course he did. However, this woman left Drew a few months later at her parents' insistence. Because she didn't want to freaking... Die. Right. A murder indictment was issued charging Drew Peterson with the murder of Kathleen Savio on May 7th, 2009. God, like, that... The DA had to have some nuts on him. Yeah, you're not kidding. Like, I'm sorry. To, to From just looking at it, and, like, it's weird... Like, let me say something real quick before I get into my deep dive. It's weird that I'm actually thinking about this kind of shit now. Like, <laughs> since start, like, my mind has went from being like, oh, I don't know nothing about true crime, to me being like, like honestly, the DA had some nuts. Because we don't have anything. Right. Like, there's no, there's no concrete evidence. They're circumstantial at best. And the only thing you have is a motive. Right. That, like, that's the only thing that you can pin on Drew right now, is he has a motive. So, we're going to talk about what they had. The murder indictment, like I said, that was issued in 2009, so we're about five years after Kathleen died. Their evidence here is domestic disturbance calls and the second autopsy, which proves she was murdered. Okay. The motive, Drew benefited financially from Kathleen's death, and it was right before their finances were going to be divided. Right. But there was no physical evidence. Right. And that's like, and that's what I'm coming, like, I'm coming back to again. Like, even the d- domestic disturbances. Like, you can't, it's a domestic disturbance. That means people were yelling. People were talking loud. They're like, they were screaming coming out of the, whatchamacallit, like, out of their house. And right. Stuff like I mean, that. Drew that's had not... never been charged with any violent right. crimes. Ever. So, like, I mean, once again, you've got the thinnest of thin like, you've got maybe a hair, like, a sliver of evidence of something that had Drew's name on it. 
So then the bombshells started happening. Okay, well, let's see what these bombshells are. First, Drew's stepbrother came forward with a shocking story. He said that the night before Stacy went missing, Drew took him to lunch and told him that Stacy wanted a divorce and he had a problem and he had to take care of it. He gave his stepbrother his phone and said, hold on to this for me for a while, but don't answer it. Drew allegedly left, and a few minutes later, the phone rang, and the caller ID said it was Stacy. Oh. His brother, an alcoholic with a criminal history, did as his police officer brother told him and didn't answer the phone. This would have been, if he's telling the truth, the last call made from Stacy's phone. That, okay, now that... That's suspicious. And that pinged right next to the guy she was texting. So he knew to go to where close to the bar the guy was at and eat lunch and just call a number to have it ping. Like, so Stacy's phone would ping. Yeah. And then, oh, you dirty. Well, he called his own phone that his brother was holding. Soon after, Drew returned to the restaurant and picked up his phone. Drew's brother said later that night, Drew called him and said he needed help moving something. He said he went upstairs to Stacy and Drew's bedroom and there was a big blue barrel. He said that he and Drew carried the barrel, which was warm, to Drew's vehicle. He said Drew left and he didn't know what happened after that. But in the days following, he started drinking and doing drugs because he realized that he more than likely helped his stepbrother dispose of Stacy's body. Oh, fuck. Oh, was, God, and it was still warm. Oh, that means it was... Oh, fuck. He was hospitalized for a suicide attempt two days after Stacy's disappearance. Drew said, you know, listen, my brother is a drug addict. He's a liar. He's a criminal. I'm a decorated police officer. Right, and this is another one of those times where it's like, yeah, you can't really believe everything... The drugie tells you, you know. And that's basically what Drew's defense is, is that his brother's a fucking idiot. A fuck up. And he's not. Oh, fuck, though. So, yeah. Make of that what you want. Then, someone else came forward. This time it was Stacy's pastor. She came forward and told authorities that I'm sorry, he came forward and told authorities that Stacy met with him a few weeks before she disappeared and confided that she had lied to the police in 2004. She said that um, she told the pastor that Drew left the night Kathleen Savio died and came back to the house later with bloody clothes that he immediately washed. According to the pastor, Stacy believed that Drew killed Kathleen Savio and that she had helped him get away with it. There's a problem, though. Legally, they could not use the comment Stacy made to the pastor because Stacy wasn't there. And so that violated Drew's right to confront his accuser. Oh, that's so fucking dumb. Like, that's the dumbest thing ever. He, she's not there because somebody killed her. Right. So, there was a new Illinois law introduced specifically related to this case, and it was passed, and it now allowed hearsay evidence to be entered under certain circumstances. Well, at least freaking Illinois did something right. Right. 
Like, I understand it's that It's very don't... controversial, though. A lot of people disagree with it, and they also believe that since the law was in place after all this happened, that it shouldn't apply retrospectively to Drew's case. Right. It shouldn't. I mean, but it did. Oh, wow. Okay. This allowed the pastor to testify, as well as family members of Kathleen, who claimed that Kathy feared her ex-husband and thought that he would kill her. Another witness testified that Drew Peterson offered him $25,000 to kill Safio, but he declined the offer. Of course, Drew denies all of this. Of course he does. He says he doesn't know what happened to Kathy, but he doesn't even think she was murdered. Kathleen Savio's divorce attorney testified. Now, mind you, this is all at the case for Kathleen Savio. Right. There's no charges related to Stacy's disappearance yet. Right. So Kathleen Savio's divorce attorney testified that Stacy Peterson called him shortly before she disappeared and asked if she would get more money in the divorce if she told authorities how Drew killed Kathleen. <sighs> Like, it's just fucking weird that, like, we're going, you know, Kathleen Savio's, like, this is about Kathleen Savio's murder, but all of it so far has just been about Stacy. A lot of it, yeah. On September 6, 2012, Drew Peterson was found guilty of first-degree murder of Kathleen Savio. This was, like, a thin fucking case, though. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong, I believe 100% he's guilty, but it's a miracle they won that trial. Right. And really, it almost had to be because Drew Peterson is so unlikable. Right. Peterson was sentenced to 38 years in prison. Authorities firmly believe that he killed Stacy Peterson, but they have never filed charges yet because they're still hoping to find her body. And, you know, on several, several, several interviews... James Glasgow, the state's attorney, has said, you know, if we bring him to trial and he gets found not guilty, that's it. We're done. Double jeopardy's attached. So we don't want to gamble until we know that we're going to get it. Right. And that, that seems right. I mean, like, you know that there's... But still, like, you had the thinnest fucking evidence... For Kathleen Savio. For Kathleen Savio, and you got a murder conviction. But they had a body. That's and, true. And that's that's the difference. That's true. Drew found himself in more trouble in 2015 while he was serving time at Menard Correctional Center. Drew tried to arrange the murder of Will County State's Attorney James Glasgow. <laughs> Jesus Christ. During his trial, they played tape recordings obtained via an inmate who was wearing a wire. And you hear Drew talking about how they're going to get some hooch the night that the the murder actually happens and celebrate and like you hear him like you can't deny it it's clear as bells he's like right. you know is he gonna do it tonight i'm gonna pay him you know whatever amount of money so he's found guilty and he's sentenced to 40 additional years that will not start until his first 35 year sentence is complete so he's in jail for the rest of his life yes stacy peterson remains missing to this day in the fall of 2021, Cassandra Kales and the FBI searched a canal near Lockport, Illinois, but they found no trace of Stacy. And I'm going to have you read some quotes from Cassandra. Uh, Cassandra said, quote, I basically devoted my life to searching. I'm not going to stop, end quote. My heart breaks for her. Well, and like that's amazing that she has that much love 
for Stacy that she's not going to give up until like and I don't think I would I don't think people should give up, you know. Right. Like I understand that, you know, eventually you have to let the past be the past and get, you know, let, allow yourself time to recover. Yeah. But there's nothing that's saying that during that recovery you can't be actively like trying to find like give the family some closure, give her body the respect that it deserves. Exactly. You know? Drew Peterson has filed multiple appeals, and so far they've not been successful, but he's actually due back in court sometime this month to appeal his murder conviction in the Kathleen Savio case. He still feels like at some point he will walk free. Drew's younger children from his marriages to Kathleen and Stacy are being raised by his older son, Stephen. In November of... I wonder, I wonder, like, Drew's pension... That he got from the police department. I believe it all went to his son, Stephen, for the care of his children. Okay. I was wondering if, if, like, a murder conviction, like, negated that at all. You know what I'm saying? I can't say for sure, but I do know that a majority of his assets went to his son, Stephen, who was raising his four children. I was just wondering, because I know that I was worried about the kids. And in some interviews, Stephen says, you know, that growing up, Drew was an amazing dad. And he struggled a lot to believe that his dad was capable. And he never comes out and says, yeah, my dad did it. But he said, you know, after a while, you have to confront reality. So, I mean, I think he knows. And he has raised those children. He said, at first they were my siblings, now they're my kids. So, I believe that he raises them as his own children. Right. Um, In November of 2021, Drew Peterson spoke to Dateline for his first media appearance in almost a decade. He continued to be arrogant prick that we all know. Right. He says he's innocent. He claims to be a loving husband who overindulged his wife and was left for a younger man. Right. Okay. I was yelling at the TV when this happened. Like the same way that you like were that you left for a younger woman. Right. When asked how he feels about his four younger children growing up without their mothers, Drew said that his son Stephen was raising the kids and they were thriving. So Quote, maybe having a mother isn't all it's cracked up to be. End quote. <laughs> oh, you fucked hard. I screamed oh, at the TV. God. I was like, are you fucking kidding me, you piece of shit? That is a piece of shit statement right there. Like, what the fuck? You know, maybe you'd be a little bit more believable if you were like, I can't believe she would do this to our children. No, you're like, oh, they don't need a mom. It's not all it's cracked up to be. They're fine. Right you loser like as well adjusted as those kids might be and it seems like you know steven has done a good job raising them it still doesn't cut you can't tell me they're not going to have repercussions at some point in their life from not having their mothers right like i mean it's still like it's not your decision if they have their like they don't have that decision now that they have their mother in their life or not like that decision was taken away right Granted, now, this is where I'm going to be, people are going to get pissed off at me, and I can already feel the hatred coming through the speakers. <laughs> I'm not 100% sure he did it. I'm 100% okay. sure that he did it. I think it's one of the loosest cases in like, the world to ever get a conviction. 
But I do 100% believe well, that he's the, guilty. I think the case was very weak, but... I think and that's what I, I think I missed... That's what I mean. I mean, in my mind, I can say I can say in my mind he did it, but he shouldn't be in jail. Like, does that make sense? Like, he... In my mind, he did it, but there is no evidence in hell to prove... If I was on a jury, if, I think I would have had a hard time. Even if you told me, like, all the stuff that was hearsay that was allowed to be, like, all the bombshells mm. that were dropped, that's still not enough. That's still, like, there's nothing, that there's nothing, there's nothing. Like, yeah. there's nothing at the crime scene that had Drew Peterson's evidence on it. It's not like we're talking about the 60s and 70s. Like, this is a 2000 case. Right. Where, like, DNA is, you know, the hot button, like, that's, you know, that's your conviction Nothing was there. Yeah. You know? Like like I said, the DA had some huge fucking balls. Well, and he came under the microscope. And in the case we're going to talk about in two weeks, we're going to talk a little bit more about that too. But the convicted parties in both of these cases, Drew Peterson and the case we're going to cover in two weeks, both feel like they were used as a pawn in his reelection, And that, of course, they both claim they're innocent. I just, I don't get it. I mean... It was a loose case. They did not have very good evidence. I will admit that till the day I die. But no, and, and I believe in, with every beat and cell in my body, that that man is guilty. And then the fact that he was caught, like, literally, you know, on tape, plotting okay. James Glasgow's murder. Like, so that he's that, guilty. Like, that, yeah. I'm, okay, you're 100% guilty of that. Like, whatever. You did that. You're going to, like... But for the murder, like, it's like... When he's saying his motive is because he was wrongfully convicted because of the state's attorney. Well, I mean... But I don't I don't believe he I, was wrongfully convicted. I just believe he was... Um, he was... It was a weak-ass case. Like, I mean, we've had some weak-ass cases. Was it weak because he had his buddy, the medical examiner, or... Our, um, the crime scene investigator, you know, was it weak because he had friends that kind of helped brush it under the rug well then you need to look at the whatever the hell police department right the block burker bowling brook there you go and the know. illinois state police were involved in the well i'm sorry then, well. then you need to look at that and you need to look at uh, like how is a crime scene treated differently when it's one that like may involve a police well, officer that's why the illinois state police were brought in and the crime scene investigator that's... was actually from the illinois state police, okay but he did know drew peterson Okay, so once again, you're telling me that one, like the local PD did their search, couldn't find anything. State police came in, did their search, they couldn't find anything. So you're telling me that, and this is where I'm getting kind of lost in my head a little bit, but both of these agencies didn't just look at a crime scene and be like, oh, no, no, it's a drowning. I'm well, sure that there was investigation done, but there was nothing found. Apparently, according to everything that I can find, the investigation into Kathleen Savio's death was not thorough at all. Like, there were several things that are normally done that were not done um, in her case, including, like, opening up her skull and things like that. There were several things that okay. should have been done at the scene that were not done um, then you don't, they, I mean, there were, they didn't swab or collect like DNA from different spots. They didn't do a lot of things that they were supposed but to. But how done. does it have, like, and I'm not defending 
Drew Peterson. Like, but how does that affect like that? Drew Peterson, like this case doesn't give two shits about what they should or shouldn't have done. Right. Like that's the like. Then you need to look at like then there needs to be investigation into why those things weren't done. Is it because that it was a police like because it was a police officer that had twenty seven years on the force, and it was kind of eh, lackadaisical, or right. was it just incompetence by the investigators? Right. You know both the the freaking local PD and state PD. Like you can't. So in which, this case doesn't give us two shits about whose fault it was that that shit wasn't done. Right. The only thing that I that we're worried about is that there's no evidence linking Drew Peterson at all, right. unless you get and and then well, well and Stacy no. gave a sworn statement saying that he was with her. Okay. Which I mean supports Drew. Well, no, she didn't give a sworn statement. She, or, or she no. did. Okay, okay. No, I I thought you were talking about what the priest said. No. I was about to say no, the pre, but and that's another thing. Like, but that's what I'm saying. She gave this, you know, she took his means out of the way because it, even if they suspected him, he had an alibi. She was his alibi. Well, so all the evidence that he was convicted on was primarily hearsay, hearsay evidence, which it's wasn't it was which normally wasn't allowed. But Illinois made, like you said, they made a special rule that allows it on certain considerations. And then post, like, they retroactively applied it to Drew Peterson's case. Well... And how, and how much of this... Okay, so the district attorney says, hey, we're going to put, you know, murder one charges on Drew Peterson. And then the flood of freaking hearsay comes in. Well, the... Apparently, they had some of the hearsay before the indictment. So, the hearsay evidence, the thing about that is, too, that the condition is that they have to show that... The person cannot testify because the person that is being con- um, prosecuted did something to make sure. So, I mean, this kind of, like, takes away that you can't just kill off the witnesses kind of thing. Right. And if people can prove that. So, that is why they had his brother talk about moving Stacy's body and stuff. So, they felt like there was a reasonable amount of proof that Drew did something to cause Stacy to not be there. Which I agree with. His brother's testimony for me does that. That doesn't prove anything as far as Kathleen Savio's. And, you right. know, and that's, but and that's, Stacey's the, comments but that's the thing. sort of, you know, they we're looking, do. We're looking at it, like, this is where it gets kind of twisted, though. We're not looking at Kathleen Peterson's, or... Kathleen yeah, Savio? No, uh, Stacey, Stacey? P- Peterson's case. We're not looking about her be- being murdered. This is all for Kathleen Savio. I don't give a shit what the like we're talking like we're talking about one specific person's murder. I don't give a shit about what they say about Kathleen Peterson. That has no relevance. What really. are you talking about? You're saying two different people's Stacey names. Stacy Peterson. Okay. Stacy Peterson. Like <laughs> so what I mean what what are they trying to say? Oh like oh his brother helped him with another murder? Well, so that gives him That his, was supposed to show that that's why Stacy couldn't testify. And that is why they also let the hearsay evidence in because that showed that he did something so that Stacy couldn't testify. Okay. So then, so, when, wait a minute, let me finish. So when the pastor testified, he was saying, you know, that she came in remorseful and she was worried because she felt like she alibied him when she knew good and well that he wasn't home. So that kind of destroys his, his alibi and that says, you know, he was guilty of, of murder. And then... The defense actually called 
the the divorce attorney, which ended up being one of the biggest mistakes in the defense attorney's criminal career or in his criminal defense career, because he wanted them to say, you know, like this, that Stacy made these comments about, could I get more money if I said this is what happened? Right. And basically they were trying to say, look, she was just trying to get money. And so she was, she was coming up with a plan to get money by lying and saying that he killed Kathleen. Right. Okay. But when the attorney gets up there, he's like, he didn't say, you know, well, Stacy said, would I get more money if I claimed he killed Kathleen? No, he went up there. He said, no, she came to me and she wanted, she did want to know how she'd get the most money. And she wanted to know that if she would inherit enough to take care of her children, if she told them how he killed Kathleen. Okay. So, so, it was so two different people that she supposedly reached out to. Okay, so let's... I want to kind of fall back onto the stepbrothers. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if that evidence, or if that testimony is good enough evidence to prove that that's why Stacy Peterson wasn't there to testify, right? Because that's what we're getting out of it. Right. Why can't you use that evidence to prosecute Stacey, for Stacy Peterson's murder without a body? Like, what's the difference? Like, what's the difference? I, I don't know. I don't have that answer for you because I know that there have been prosecutions where there's not I know that a body, but in this case, they have said that they don't want to take the chance of him getting found not guilty. But I would agree with you. I think there's more evidence that he killed Stacy than right. there is that he killed Kathleen. I agree with you on that. I don't know. I, I do. I agree with you. It's a thin <sighs> case. It's a controversial case. It is. They let in hearsay that... Probably shouldn't have been let in, but... And here's the thing, like, right now, with Scott Peterson out in California, like, getting a resentence, and there's a lot of people now that are believing he did not kill Lacey, and, you know, there's all this, like, years later, and he was, like, one of the most hated people in America, too, when his case was going on, you know, now there was this whole, like, free Scott, you know, thing, Yeah. and there's not that for Drew... Even though I think there's probably, I don't know. But anyway, what it comes down no, to is, you're right. There's I think more, there's Drew more reason is for... so unlikable, and then he just dug his own grave even further when he goes in. Well, and here's the thing: he proved after his conviction that he's capable because he went well, in yes. there and plotted another murder. So right. like. He's but just that made himself but the only, so but, terrible. But this is one of those things where it's like, he wouldn't have made that statement if he wasn't in prison already. You know what I'm saying? Well, there's a lot of people that are wrongfully wrongfully convicted and don't try to plot another I, murder plot. Like, I, know. I think that's a sign like, of a true sociopath. He thinks that he can, he can like, manipulate the whole world to meet his agenda. And I very much think that he's like that. And he is an extremely unlikable person. And I think that does have a lot to do with his conviction. If he was a different kind of person, this may have turned up very differently for him. Right. I don't disagree with you on that. You know, but he's so unlikable, so arrogant. He has proven that he's very capable of murder. And he's quite the piece of shit. Okay, on that note... Uh, if you want more <laughs> references to this case or any of our other cases, go to the MidwestCrimeFiles.com. Uh, you'll see after all the blog posts, there's a reference section that shows where Gina has looked up all the information for you guys. 
And you can like and follow us on Facebook. And if you want to become a patron, you can do so right from our webpage. And you will get access to exclusive content and episodes. And like I said before, if this interests you and you want a case that has some weird connections to it, make sure you keep listening. In two weeks, we're going to have another case for you out of Will County. And it's a hell of a doozy.